0: Hashtag, you don't have to be Jewish. We're going to move on. Um, I mentioned that uh, Samantha Cowan would be joining us, and I believe she's on the Zoom call. So we're delighted, delighted, delighted to have Sam Cowan. Samantha is an author. She's a media personality um, and also a consciousness and recovery coach, and she specializes in helping people get unstuck and find their joy. Sam, welcome. How are
1: you? I am fantastic. How are you, Nikki? Listen, it's
0: so lovely to have you on the show. I'm so good, Sam. I'm so good. And as I said, um, you're always good to have a beautiful voice and a beautiful outlook on the show because that's what we all need. We need to be reminded that uh, life is pretty incredible.
1: It is indeed. It is indeed. So,
0: Sam, for our listeners, I mean, you have been on the radio for years and years. You co-hosted The Breakfast Show with Jeremy, um, 94.7 for years. You were on 702 for a while. You were on TV. I mean, you co-authored, I think it was The Irreverent Mother's Handbook. That's right. And, there, and then you wrote your own book, From Whiskey to Water. So you've had... A pretty extraordinary journey, Sam. So maybe just you can explain this from going from this media personality and now being where you are, this consciousness and recovery coach. What led you there? What
1: what happened to the journey um, that, that led you in, in that direction? So I had a wonderful career in radio. I mean, you know that. I was really fortunate, um, and yeah. I was very lucky to always be in the right place at the right time. And um, I started at 702 at the end of 93 as a young journalist producer, and I produced over the 94 elections, uh, The Breakfast Show, and that was amazing. And then later on, um, after the thrill had kind of gone of the new South African and the problems with crime and poverty, it's really set in. Um, I moved over to Highfeld to work with Jeremy Mansfield. And we decided as a team that we would never, ever talk about crime on the breakfast show. Not because it wasn't happening, not because we didn't, you know, we, we weren't aware of it, but because every station and every show was talking about crime. And we decided we would be the place you could go for three hours of, 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 um, of bubble gum and fun. Mm. And I think that would, that really kind of, that really hit a mark. And we had a great, great run. Um, I did breakfast radio with Darren Simpson after that. Also, great talents. And then I did a couple of years at 702. But I, in 2015, my mum died. And she was my best friend. And it absolutely destroyed me. Um, and I just couldn't come up from it. I just could not get my head above water. And after I left 702 in 2016, um, I actually, I was doing a bit of TV. But I decided to go on this coaching journey. Because I couldn't get myself right. I felt like I had a short circuit somewhere. I couldn't get myself worth back. I couldn't get my identity back from being my mother's best friend. Hmm. And from there, and I'd written my book, From Whiskey to Water, over this time period. And <clears throat> I was doing a book launch, and a lady came up to me, and she said, so what's next for you? And I'm thinking, that's a very interesting question, because what is actually next for me? So I decided I would, I, and you'll laugh, and I, and I know you'll laugh because you're a coach and you know what it takes to get to where we both are. Mm. And I thought, well, you know what I'll do? I'll do a cute little coaching course, and then I'll just tell people what to do for money, <laughs> you know, because people would always ask me how to get sober. Um, and, and you know what I'm talking about, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I did creative consciousness, which um, which was my starting off point, and. After I'd done the first four days of that, I knew I'd never be the same again, and it forced me to reflect on habits and patterns I'd developed over the years, some for for protection. Well, most are always for protection because, you know, our greatest problem is fear, and from fear comes anger and resentment and all of those things, and so I coached. I did creative consciousness coaching for a while, and then I found more and more. I was seeing mainly women, I must be honest, but some men who were saying, well, I don't know what's happened, but instead of having four beers in the evening, I'm now having six. Instead of having three whiskeys, I'm now having eight. Women who were starting to drink midday. And so I did a recovery coaching course, which is not so much about treatment, um, but more about coming out the other side or stopping yourself from getting to the bottom of the abuse cycle when you do have dependence. And that's when you need proper treatment. So that was amazing. And, and I, and so I've worked those two in tandem. And over COVID, that one was huge because even though alcohol was banned, I don't think people realize how much they rely on it. Mm. And, Mm. um, you know, I mean, I remember listening to somebody who said COVID has made criminals of us all because so much was being bought bought off the black market. And I found more and more clients were coming to me saying, Sam, I, I, I don't know how to stop drinking because I'm stuck at home. And they were drinking terrible stuff. I mean, oh, crumbs. It was like the cigarettes. And then after covid nobody ever really relaxed after that and so i ran my first course 2 years ago called um you do you which is about getting yourself back grounding yourself saying right well what do i like about life what does make me happy where am i you know i mean because we were so used to going well that makes me miserable and i'm all every one of us is 5 kilograms away from perfection you know <laughs> um And so I I ran that. And then recently, the new one, two things happened. Jeremy died. Jeremy Mansfield died. And I was with him all the way through to the end. I was there when he drew his final breath. And I decided I would take a conscious dying course because I had been working with him towards the end. I mean, he was one of my closest friends and we were doing stuff. But I I was flying blind. I was using coaching techniques. um, And I kept thinking, I really hope that these work, which luckily they did. Um, so I continued that, started a new course, recover, revive, relax, which is what I'm running next week. Um, and also in May and continued conscious dying, um, coaching, which is just the most interesting thing I've. Wow. Done in a long time. But that was a very oh, long time. Wow. So what are you up to now? You You're love off. it. Oh, you
0: see, no, but just what a pleasure. Yeah. I mean, you've taken us on the, the beautiful, um, you know, journey that you've been through. So. Wow, Sam, to go from yeah, going on the the conscious coaching, and you going on such an internal journey with that, and then as you say, with recovery, and now extending it to conscious dying. So maybe we can just speak a little bit more to that, um, especially on of, because of the the show, you know, um, and. And going through, as you said, you were with Jeremy right, right up until the end. So, when did you actually do the the conscious dying coach? Was it while he was going through it? Was it a, after he passed? Um And and how how did that help? Yeah, with, with with you know those last few days.
1: So the course I started at as he was after he died. I actually started it after. Um, okay. The- Okay. Um, so we found out he had cancer in the February, late January, early February. And at that stage, he, he thought he was still looking at two years. And suddenly those odds went down. Uh, they were halved and then they were halved again. And I watched this man who had been everything to so many people literally get to a space where he was questioning himself about things that you'd never think a man like that would question themselves about. Mm-hmm. And what triggered my my interest in in going further with it was I said to him once, what's your greatest fear? And he said that no one will remember me. Mm -hmm. And I thought of all the people in the whole world that I've ever known personally, he'd be the last one I would think of. Yeah. And it really stuck with me because I thought how many of us get to a stage in our lives where we think this is what will I be when I'm gone? If I'm anything. And what are, what I loved about the Conscious Dying Coaching and the Conscious Dying Institute, I must make you laugh, Dickie, because it's an overseas institute. It's, it's, it's in Colorado. So everybody else was having their lectures at 3 to 5 in the afternoon, and I had to stay up till midnight. Um, oh. Yeah, no, I felt that way. I was the only person from outside North you America. You looked like death. I did. I really did. That's terrible. Um, but what it was was what I'd been working with Jeremy on with his amazing partner, what I've been working with Jeremy on is how you get yourself to a space where you are calm about what happens. Because the reality is we're all going to die, right? All of us. The one thing we have all have in common, we are all going to die.
0: Yeah.
1: So the, the best three months, it's not necessarily three months, but it's to get to a space, to get you to a space where you go, right, I've got this amount of time to live. Where am I practically? Have I made plans about what's going to happen to me after I die? Or in those last, you know, week, do I? What kind of things do I want? Do I want a religious service? Do I want to have my ashes scattered in the sea? How do I feel? And the physical, what do I want at the end of my life? Do I want to be treated at home? Do I want to go to a hospice? Um, I'm working with an amazing client, a man of color, who said, if I have to go to hospice, then I'll need to have somebody who can perform a ritual outside because the ancestors, if you leave it in the night, they, they battle to find you the next day. And it's stuff I'd never even thought about. Wow. Um, emotionally, who do you need to forgive and who needs to forgive you? Mentally, what do you think happens? What are you proud of? And spiritually, what do you believe? What do you believe about the afterlife? And it's to cover those domains in such a way that you've got a vision now. So silly, a silly thing, um, one of the clients that, because we have practical clients as well, and one of the people I'm working with at the moment, he said to me, I said to him, what, what would you do for yourself? Um, to stimulate yourself emotionally and mentally if you had a choice. So he said, I would go to my favorite city for a week. I said, okay, so when would you book that? So he said, well, I'd have to think about it. And, of course, I've got a lot of work to do. I said, you got three months. And in those three months, how are you going to be physically? For how long will you be able to travel? For how long will you be able to get on an international flight with a terminal illness? And it stopped him in his tracks. He said, I wow, I've got to get onto that right now. Hmm.
0: Wow, Sam. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I'm taking a very deep breath and taking in what you're saying. Wow. All right. A quick break, Sam. We're gonna be right back. IFM, FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to the show. Samantha Cowan, author, media personality and consciousness and recovery coach, um, specializing in helping people get unstuck and find their joy is on the show. Wow, Sam. Um, you know, so profound, um, what you shared just before the break and, and, you know, over the last few seconds, I just thought to myself, you you talk about the conscious. Coaching and you, you specialising in recovery, and now you're doing this conscious dying coach. And I'm just thinking, everyone should do a conscious, should have a conscious dying coach because actually you're teaching people to live, to live with intention, to think very, very consciously about the amount of time we have. Because so often we live our lives as if we have all the time in the world. We treat people as if we have all the time in the world to resolve things, to have amazing times with them, as if this life Life is just gonna go on and on and what you said to that man and he had a, you know, limited time is just so profound and, and not, not focusing on the fear
1: but rather, you know, the wake up call of just how precious this life is. And I think especially, I mean, I think it's across the world, but especially in South Africa at the moment, because we're here and we see it, we've all reached that point of saturation where everything is hard, right? We've reached it. Yeah. Load shit. I mean, our life has become a story sometimes. Remember those sums in school, if Nikki has 17 beads and Sam has 14 beads? And somebody else has 6A, sulfur X, kind of thing. <laughs> and I feel like we work like that now. So it's like, what if I've got low change from 2 to 4, but then I've got no water from this time to this time. And the weather's going to be like that. And what's happened is we've become so anxious and so angry and so tired. And it's because... Life is hard, right? And so the course I'm running now, Recover, Revive, Relax, is about saying, yeah, I get you. And this is not about toxic positivity. I don't believe in it. When someone says, yes, but be grateful, I want to punch them too. But there are ways of working out what's real, what's not, ways of getting our neocortex, our cerebral cortex working again, And and not allowing our emotions and our survival instinct to lash out over everything. Because you're absolutely right. It is life is for the living. Mm. And I remember doing an exercise, funnily enough, with Jeremy Mansfield when I was 45. And I wanted to swim the Bosphorus. I wanted to swim. There's a cross-continental swim. It only happens in July stroke August when the black sea current runs very fast down the Bosphorus channel. And they they close off the, the shipping channel for two hours. And it's a two-hour current-assisted swim, and you swim from one side, you swim from Asia to Europe. And the magic wow. and the romance of that, yeah. Anyway, I knew I could do the distance. That wasn't a problem. And I knew I was a strong swimmer in, in currents. That wasn't a problem. But it was 25,000 rand. And that was without any sp- spending money. And I'm a mom. I mean, you know that. I've got mom, yeah. um, two kids in private school. Yeah. So... I'm blessed. So I felt guilty spending that money. But then how many good swimming years have I got left? But then this. Jeremy and I were um, standing having a chat. And he said, right. He said, how long do you think you're going to live? So I said, well, my granny died at 42, but then my other granny died at 80. And because we're both appalling at maths, I did standard grade and he was thrown out of maths at the end of, um, grade nine at, uh, with, with 8%. We came up with a median age of 75. So he said, right. He said, Cowan, you've got 30 summers and 30 winters. What do you choose? Wow. There it um, is. And that is what I work towards now with everybody I work with. 30 summers, 30 winters. Maybe you've got 20. And this is assuming you die at the age that we all hope to, expect to, assume. 30 summers and 30 winters. 50 Mm. summers and 50 winters. Mm. 10 summers and Mm. 10 winters.
0: Yeah. And it just puts a whole – I love that, Sam. And it really does put a whole spin on everything. I mean, just – you know now it's autumn how many people are saying oh no it's winter mm-hmm. and oh i can't and you and and you lose just how amazing it is to have as you say one of those 30 winters and how glorious it is and mm-hmm. what can i do in this in this winter to make the most of it it really is the way we we look at things that can profoundly change our experience of it i i have a feeling sam we've got to go for another ad break um so I'm so sorry um and then we want to hear a little bit more about this amazing course of yours so just stay with us we're going to be right back Hi FM your station of choice since 2008 Samantha Cowan is on the show today um, we 're talking about uh, her experience with her life uh, her experience with Jeremy Mansfield being there, um, really accompanying him um, on his journey to his passing, um, becoming a consciousness and recovery coach and now a conscious uh, dying coach um, and Sam, before we talk about the course, just very very quickly, at what point does a person choose to contact a conscious dying coach, does it mean that you're giving in? Does it mean that you're saying, this is it, I'm not going
1: to live, the fight is over? So I think it's completely the opposite. I think that what it gives you is a chance to really become aware of where you are in your life. So if you've got a family member, for example, that you haven't spoken to for a long time, maybe you haven't had a falling out, maybe you just haven't got to it, it's a time to go, do I want to spend my time getting to it? And if I do, how am I going to do that? And at the end of each, you know, uh, ses- five sessions on the different domains is to get a vision map and go, right, these are the things that I want to do by these dates. And I don't know about you, Nikki, but I find sometimes with coaching clients, you say, right, this is your homework for the week or whatever it is. And, um, and the next week, you go, oh, I didn't get time to get to this and I didn't get time to get to that. And you go, well, your integrity score is pretty low now. And you know, people get upset, "Oh well, you don't know how tough my life is, And when it comes down to going, "What if you had three months?" Mm. you know, and I think a conscious dying coach is is important in several areas, first of all, with your family and your friends, because when someone is dying, unfortunately, it's not a solitary experience. And I say unfortunately because much like a wedding when you always want your own, th- you, you know, you, you wanted your own way and you want it to look great. But then you realize that Auntie Muriel will be very upset if she's not in the second pew. And you have to kind of calibrate what relationship do you want with the, your family and your friends towards the end so you can actually enjoy them and not constantly be worried. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's you don't have to wait until three months before you die if you get a... A, a terminal diagnosis or perhaps some life debilitating disease is to get hold of us and say, well, how can I live deliberately as long as I can based on my physical condition? Yeah, it's living deliberately. Living deliberately. I love that. So recover, revive, relax your
0: upcoming course happening on the 24th of April. So it's this, these live, I think you said an hour and a half once a week, every Tuesday, what, what did people, I mean, what, what are you really trying to focus on in terms of recovering, reviving,
1: relaxing within this amazing life? Well, the first thing we start with is recovery. We're all coming from dark spaces right now, even those of us who are kind of all chipper. And where the course came from was I spent the first three months of this year floundering. I really did, not just because of load shedding and water, you know, because I'd lost my friend and the grief only really hits in January. I'd also had a debilitating injury forever and a day, and that was affecting my swimming, which is my go-to place to calm down. And I had to, had to say to myself, well, how could you sit and coach if you can't do this stuff yourself there's the tools use the toolbox. And what I realize is recovery is about realizing where you are, what's real and what's not. What is your brain doing when the lights go out? You know what's happening, the neuroscience of it. Mm-hmm. And then to go right, how do I apply this though? So there's no point in me knowing what the neuroscience is if I can't apply it. So we talk about unhelpful thinking and cognitive distortions. When I think something, is it real? Or is it a distortion of reality? And that's the first thing. And then from there, we get onto the different inventories. Where am I right now in my personal life? How do I feel about myself physically? And finding spaces where things are working. And I think when we get that back to relax, it's about different relaxation techniques that don't take a lot of time. Because we don't have 20 minutes here and half an hour there, but we do have five. And it's to let people come off the course going, well, there's my toolbox. And I'm going to use it and feel better about myself. Fantastic. Sam, we're going to have to say goodbye. How can people get hold of you if they want to do the course? So you can Facebook me. Um, it hasn't gone up on my website yet, but there is a contact form on samcowan.co.za that you can send me an email. We start our first course on uh, Tuesday, and then we've got another one starting on the 10th of May because somebody once I started this course, somebody pointed out to me that it was school holidays, so oversight there. Huge apologies, <laughs> um, but they can email me samcowan at global, or find me on Facebook, or send a contact form through the website.
0: Ah, oh, Sam, thank you so much. All the best with the course. Recover, revive, relax. You're doing amazing work. Please, God, you reach many, many people and bring joy. And your very conscious living um, to people's lives. It's been wonderful having you on the show. Take care. Look forward to chatting to you again soon. Me too, Nikki. Take care. Thanks, Sam. Bye-bye. Samantha Cowan, author, media personality, conscious and recovery coach, also conscious dying coach, um, talking about recover, revive, relax. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I do hope that you have woken up to the fact that this moment right now is extraordinary, and if you had three months, what would you be doing right now? From me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, do take care and goodbye.